On the day that the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine was announced, the news media were incredibly bold in their summarising of what they felt this news meant. The Telegraph newspaper called the news a beacon of hope for the nation. Sky News said that hope was on the horizon for us all. CNN in North America reported that this was good news that gave the world hope. I wonder what other things might bring such future confidence that it might be summarised as hope for the nation. Perhaps the election of a new political leader, winning a World Cup, the ending of a war. But certainly as 2020 draws to a close, all of the nations of the world are looking for hope. Today we start a new series for Advent in the build-up to Christmas. And in this series, we're looking at the words of a man called Isaiah. Words written more than 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. Isaiah was a prophet who speaks and writes about a coming Messiah, a saviour, someone who will be good news for the nations. And he describes the identity of this Messiah in, in rich and poetic devotional language. This, he says, is a person who will be a wonderful counsellor, a prince of peace, an everlasting father, a great light. The idea was perhaps that the people of Israel would be eager to see this person arrive. Isaiah is is warming their hearts to anticipate the arrival of someone. And of course that they could recognise him because he's so well being described in the words that Isaiah uses. And in Isaiah 42, after summarising some of the qualities of this Messiah, Isaiah says, he shall be called. And this is the title of our Advent series, He shall be called because Isaiah is helping us to understand the identity of the one who is coming, the one who we celebrate and worship at Christmas. In Matthew chapter 12, when the same passage is quoted, the writer says, in his name shall be the hope of the nations. In another translation, it says, in his teaching, the nations will hope. So it's the name, the teaching, the identity, everything about Jesus, who he is, that becomes hope for the nations. Let me read Isaiah chapter 42, the first few verses for us. Here is my servant, whom I will uphold, my chosen one in whom I will delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on the earth. In his name the nations will put their hope. This idea of God blessing nations is ancient. 
The Bible uses the word nations in Greek ethnos, in Hebrews gawi, over 500 times. From the first to the last pages of the Bible, the nations have always been central to God's promise and the sense of how he works through people on earth. Earlier in the Old Testament, before Isaiah, God promises the nations to a man called Abram. In Genesis chapter 17, God changes Abram's name to Abraham, which means a father of the nations. In Genesis 12, God tells Abram that he will be, he will become a great nation. Abraham is also told by God that he will be blessed so that he will be a blessing to others. Here's what God says, Abraham, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing to others. So from the very beginning of the Bible, God has loved nations. We in our society so quickly and easily default to an individual focus. Partly it's because that's our worldview. Partly perhaps because we just think too highly of ourselves. We put ourselves at the centre of the world. But God started by loving the nations of the world. And God kept his promise to Abraham, whose descendants did become the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. And later God tells them he didn't choose them because they were better or more numerous. In fact, they were fewer than the other nations. He says, I loved you because I loved you. I chose you because I chose them. And Isaiah is rekindling this idea that the coming Messiah is the person through whom God will show his love for the nations through Jesus, who will be the hope for the nations. And in Matthew 12, in the, in the New Testament, Jesus quotes Isaiah 42, the same passage, and he speaks about himself. Jesus has been traveling from town to town. He's teaching in public. He's training his disciples. He's praying for the sick. And he says this, everything he's been doing, this is to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. And then he goes on to read the verses that we just read. Teaching. Who is Jesus? Hope for the nations. Later in Matthew 28, in the verses that we call the Great Commission, Jesus says to his followers, All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. So this is the same idea that that Jesus, his name, his teaching becomes hope for nations. And in this passage, the, the Greek word is used. It's ethnos which means nations, but it's also the word uh, from which we get our word ethnic. So it's not just referring to nationalities. It means all of the different types of people. 
In Revelations 14, it says, every tribe will hear the gospel. In Philippians 2, it says, every tongue, every, every language will confess that Jesus is Lord. So this means that Jesus' hope for all the different groups of people that there are in our society and world. Jesus' hope for students. Jesus' hope for children. Jesus' hope for Yorkshire. Jesus' hope for the people who are in prison. Jesus' hope for people in hospital. Jesus' hope for the elderly. Jesus' hope for the young. Jesus' hope for those who are near to him. Jesus' hope for those who are far away. Jesus' hope for England. Jesus' hope for the United Kingdom. Jesus is hope for every nation, every tribe, every language group, every interest group, every club, every team and every cause. Jesus is hope for them because Jesus is hope for the nations. And I wonder what those who first looked at the infant Jesus saw. Did they see the fulfilment of Isaiah's promises? Did they see a person who would be, who would bring hope for the nations? Whose teaching, whose identity would inspire hope from every group of people? Did they see someone like Abraham, a father of all nations, but somebody better than Abraham? Somebody who's a fuller representation of God's promises than Abraham could be. What is it that they saw when they looked into that Christmas crib? And what will we see when we look at Jesus as we celebrate him this Christmas? Will it rekindle our hope? Will it be hope just for us? Or will we see hope for the nations, for every possible group of people that they are? And we'll remember how God spoke to and used Abraham, who was blessed to be a blessing to many. This is how Jesus's hope to the nations through us. This is how Jesus gets to every tribe, every age, every different group of people through us, people who are blessed by God in order to be a blessing to others. Let me close with some words from Isaiah and others about this Jesus, the hope of the nations. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, who is the hope of the nations. The nations will rally to his name. He will bring justice, righteousness and salvation to the nations of the world. He is a light to the nations and he brings hope to all nations and people. We, his people, are his ministers of his hope, his peace, his love and his joy. 
so that we might declare the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Amen.